I'm Gregory Day. You're listening to pdxpodcast.com. Hello, how's it going? Hi, Justin. How are you? Doing well. I'm so sorry to have missed your call. Oh, no worries. No worries. Uh, I won't take yes. too, up too much of your time. I do want to talk about bad reception. One of my uh, one of my top two of this year, oh, David man. Spade and and bad reception. My top two comedy picks for this year. Thank you so much. That means so much. You're breaking new ground with Audible. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope it paves the way for more stuff like this. Because, you know, it was so much fun to make, and I feel like it is comedically very different from the stuff they're currently making. But I, I know that they're angling to do more of this kind of comedy, hopefully. At the top of the show, you heard Justin Michael. He's one of the co-creators of Bad Reception, a completely improvised and unscripted Audible original comedy. Set entirely on the phone with a cast of over 40 comedians and improvisers, the show takes place in the city of South Grampus, California, the movie theater butter capital of the world. Today we chat with the creators Justin Michael and Eric Martin, who also wrote and directed the comedy. In the following, Justin tells us how the project begun. We initially had made a, a series that had just a couple episodes called Brief Interviews with Hideous Monsters. Uh, I had like James Urbaniak, uh, Mary Holland, and then myself and Eric and our buddy Jace Armstrong, who who plays Steven Spielberg. But uh, he, you know, f- from there... <laughs> I know, it's hard to say that name without, you know, a hint of a uh, joke. But yeah, from there, they, they were looking to kind of connect with us again uh, and make something. And they had kind of this template of an idea for that reception. It was pretty much just like sketches that are, you know, based in phone calls. That was it. Justin continues with the inspiration for the feuding bagel shop owners of Bad Reception. Dan and I are actually old buddies from college, so uh, he and I have a long history of, of uh, we know each other well enough that I think when we start to improvise together, I think things go south for the characters pretty quickly because it's hard not to just push it into insane territories. Yeah, we, we've like done every joke with each other for the last like 10 plus years, so I think we just jumped to wild extremes and i think that's what ended up happening we also are both cartoonishly extremely jewish so uh, it felt like a natural well to pull from these angry old jewish men who came up with the you sound like an alien baby line i'm curious i think that was mary sasson said that so you know everything was improvised you know sometimes Eric and I would be outside of the booth if we weren't in the scenes and kind of like throwing some lines to people or saying like, follow this direction. Right. Uh, but uh, I think that was, I think that was Mary Sasson, mm-hmm. I believe, in that like purse, purse stealing sketch. You know, I had to take a five minute break after hearing that from laughing so hard. <laughs> Echo Kellum, also very funny. He likes to vice Prince. 
well, that was one of those details that, like, he improvised that in the sketch. And uh, anytime we brought him back, anytime we brought anybody back, sometimes it would be months in between. So they, you know, for them, it was like a waking dream <laughs> to have improvised for, like, an hour and then not remember what they did. So I had a little Google spreadsheet with all of the details and the things that were funniest ah. to me about their characters. So right before they'd go in, I'd be like, hey, you're the vice oh, principal. Right, and right. you say you like to vice prince these kids as a verb. And I think that's very funny. So just keep saying that kind of stuff. So it was really just setting up the, you know, actors and comedians like him to kind of repeat the stuff that felt like the funniest to me in the moment. I'm glad that that played well for you because... I was like, this is great. I only want him to say this all the time. The whole series takes place in a fictional town called South Grampers, Northern California, uh, the Hollywood of NorCal. But, uh, you know, essentially, we, we recorded a pilot for Audible first, and it was just these isolated sketches. These characters didn't really have any background yet. And some of them grew into the other characters that you hear. So, like, some of the pilot sketches made it into the final series. Uh, like, Kevin, the pet store guy and all that. But Drew, that Grampers Cafe sketch, which I think shows up later in the series, was one of the first things we recorded. And he, he just called the cafe Grampers. And I think once we got the green light from Audible to make it into a series and develop it into a town, we were like, well, what if we just called the town Grampers? Or what about South Grampers? So it sounds more like a town. So it was, honestly, it's almost like a microcosm for how we developed the show, which was like, pull the funniest details, commit to the most insane specifics, and then say, this is the reality moving forward. I think whatever projects we work on together, will at least involve improv as a component. Perhaps story will be more structured. It was very fun to kind of cobble a story together as we went, a, went along for like a year and a half, but it also was very difficult to keep track of. I mean, truly, the Google spreadsheet for the story was insane. Right, it took a year so, and a half, really? Yeah, I mean, from wow. the beginning, uh, you know, and work. some of that was waiting around for, you know, approval and all of that sort of stuff, but by and large, Audible and, and everybody at Rooftop was super, super receptive. They, they, you know, generally no idea was too crazy. Like, I, I certainly thought that when the bagel men got into a limo accident and became cybernetic horse people, they'd be like, hey, guys, dial it back a little bit. But to my delight, they were like, this is great. Keep going. <laughs> so creatively, they were just truly a joy to work with. Hello? Hello, is this Eric? It is. Oh, great. This is Greg from uh, the Portland Podcast. How are you? I'm well, Greg. How are you doing? Fantastic. I just got off the phone with a just Justin. I love his energy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, we're, well, we're very excited about uh, uh, what we did. This is something I talked with Justin about is that Audible approached you about creating this project. I'm wondering how that conversation went. Well, it was, um, I think it was pretty simple. You know, we've done um, a number of things and I, you know, have done many projects as, a, as an uh, audiobook narrator. A lot of uh, projects. 
You're a very busy man. I do like to read and I like to talk. And if you put the two together, it's, it's, uh, it's very seductive. It's something I love to do. They, uh, they reached out to us. They, um, you know, we've done some, some other projects with them. And, uh, and they had an idea um, to, um, you know, I think sort of looking at the strengths of the audio format and comedy and like, well, what, you know, what if we did a, a show that was just set entirely on the phone and, you know, with sketches? We thought that was great, but my, my first impulse was, well, Justin's already part of, you know, this wonderful house team, uh, Winslow at UCD. Um, why not get uh, people to um, to improvise? You know, use that group as the as the core of the show. Bring on friends and cut it all together. Right. You might think that it's it's easier to you know make it up, but um, um, it's, it's actually not. Turns out there's a lot of work on the editing side. Right. You know, he told me this took about a year and a half to put together. Yeah, from the very first impulse to the, the the pilot process, and then and then you know all of the episodes or chapters. Yeah, it it took um, not not constant, but certainly you know once we we really got into production, it was a good seven months um, straight. Um, but a lot of prep um, that had gone into it prior. Right, and a massive cast. It was also a live. You did a live show recently. Is that right? Yes, yeah, we were we were fortunate to um, uh, and and tied in with the premiere of the the show. It came out a couple of weeks ago, um, but uh, we we did a live Saturday night show at um, at the UCB Theater on, on Sunset, um, and uh, had a chance almost to do it as like a, a five story. So um, taking some of the beloved characters from the show, and, and we got to um, got to create some some improvise some new material. You know, right. Right. Uh, the, the feuding bagel shop owners are very well received. Uh, we're definitely, I think, my favorite. You've got an interesting background yourself. You do a lot of voiceover work, and you worked with John Hamm on uh, Stinker Gets Loose, also for Audible. How did this happen? How did, how did you get to be involved with that project? Oh, sure. Well, yeah, that was a true labor of love. Yeah, Stinker Let's Loose. Um, uh, and so it, Mike Sachs had created, um, and I had worked, he's a brilliant comedy writer, a very funny man. Um, and uh, he had, um, we had previously worked together on a podcast I used to have, um, which was called uh, This American Wife. This American Wife, Wife yes. This, this is sort I, of love a the, I love the logo. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it was kind of conceived as a gentle uh, public radio parody because I, I sure listened to a lot of it. Um, so, um, yeah, it was a great way to, to sort of play with that format. Um, but we had Mike on and we, we got together an, an insane cast to adapt some of his stories. So we already had that relationship. And then when he said, uh, you know, early last year that he was coming out with this new book that sort of drew on his love of 70s, you know, Burt Reynolds, right. rest in peace, right. uh, you know like these kinds of movies, um, I was like, that sounds amazing. And I always kind of wanted to do an audio novelization, for, you know, um, for a movie. And in this case, it was a, a movie that didn't actually exist, but you might think it would. Yes. Um, and sort of written bad on purpose, um, but really funny and, and like hysterically so from beginning to end. So um, so I propose we, we get a, together a great cast and make it into a real audio movie. And um, pitched it to Audible, and uh, they uh, they agreed. And then we started going out to people. And I, you know, had worked as a as a casting director, and so knew a lot of folks, and reached out to so many people, and was so surprised when so very many of them said yes. And we had a we had a great um, 
show that came out this just the, the beginning of this year, Stinker. Uh, you can find it at audible.com slash Stinker. But uh, just crazy, uh, ridiculous project. It's a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, you were a casting agent, too. I mean, you've, you've sort of expanded your, your breadth of your... Uh, your repertoire with uh, with casting and uh, anything we may be aware of or uh, or heard about. Yeah, well, you know, for for years my focus was on um, live entertainment. So um, until just a couple of months ago, I, I worked at uh, Universal Studios Hollywood for many years and um, was casting uh, live entertainment there. So the the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, um, Halloween Horror Nights, you know, and the, the the live shows. So the very last thing that I did was the. Um, the um, Stranger Things um, um, attraction and other um, assorted things for Halloween Horror Nights, which is opening, uh, gosh, on Friday, probably when, whenever this comes out, but it, it opens on Friday. So I'm looking forward to, you know, going back and taking a look as a, as a fan now. Right. You know, you don't just do comedy either. You do, uh, I mean, did voiceover for the Menendez Murders uh, book on Audible, too. Well, I remember oh. that case. That was crazy. Yes. I just because the and that that book which just came out. It, it's based on the um, the source material for it was the source material for Law and Order: True Crime that first season. Yes, uh, Robert Rands, the journalist who's you know interviewed them. Um, you know the the moment the, the you know before it was even revealed that they were the the murderers has known them for thirty years, and he really def- presents a definitive account of that. And there's a lot more than you'd you'd think going in, and it was really crazy to to review but yeah generally speaking uh, i'm the guy that they come to if you know if you've got a 30-hour book on um you know world history i'm happy to happy to narrate that um <laughs> but i do a lot of comedy as well so it's, it's a fun balance well i'm glad because uh, bad reception is breaking new ground uh, many of the people who've written reviews about it they say the same as me they've never heard anything like it i took a risk i just I purchased it because I liked the preview and uh, my face was hurting after 20 minutes. I had to take a break. Um, Now, I read in your interview on uh, the nice, well, the uh, comedy cake interview that uh, you had you were influenced by Christopher Guest movies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Waiting for Duffman, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, starting with, um, you know, Spinal Tap, of course, and then, uh, but yeah, Waiting for Guffman, you know, growing up doing theater and knowing community theater, that one just hit hard. Um, Yeah, a lot of the the pain and and truth (laughs) of that was very funny. Um, But I loved the way that he, you know, or got together a group of people that he trusted um, and had had a, you know, loose structure for where he wanted it to go, but just allowed them to play. And uh, and shape the story together. So I thought, well, there's probably no better way to do it. So you know, why not take that example and, um, and sort of pay homage to it with our own ridiculous thing? We kept the story simple, but it, it allowed us opportunities to create increasingly elaborate characters and situations just from a very simple, uh, right. easy to understand premise. Right. You know, he set the template for his. You know, really with that first film, uh, Winning for Government, for his subsequent work. And I think you've set a template here to, you know, even with you know the forty plus we were able to get in, um, boy, it was it was tough to, um, and it's still just a fraction of the incredible talent um, that we we can get. <clears throat> and most of them I had worked with before. Some of them were brand new to me and were wonderful surprises. Hope to get a chance to work with them again. Those I didn't work with this one, you know, there's there's another thing where we're producing, you know, other projects. So 
hopefully we'll get some some new new talent in but uh, in terms of like you know favorites it, it is hard to single out but boy i'm not going to uh, ask that question <laughs> but i will say the the mayor is one of my favorites <laughs> i'll just tell you like i love the mayor i think she i think it's ridiculous <laughs> Um, and, and Betsy's uh, fantastic, and of course the right. Bagel Brothers were based on, and I don't know if Justin told you, but they were they're based on the um, French dip um, rivalry that's here. Oh, in Los that makes sense. Coles and Philippe's, you know, they both sort of lay claim to we invented this, so we just <laughs> took that to bagel shops. That's where that came from. <laughs> yes, and then it went crazy. Right, they literally took it to the grave <laughs> and beyond. Now, you created a pilot for this. What was the script like? Was it just the bare bones of the, the structure of this? Well, that's, that's a great question. Yeah, initially it was just, oh, let's just do funny sketches. And, and we sort of base it not around story, but just around types of phone calls and, you know, things that people would relate to. Like, you know, I think one of the first things we did was a conference call because who hasn't been on one of those and how right. awkward yes. and weird and, and difficult are they? That's what got um, me hooked, the conference call. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just a, an awkward format. And, um, and what, a, you know, what a weird thing to have to do. I mean, yes, you can get things done, but oh, boy, what a, right. what a drag. You, you know, <laughs> it's, not just, it's not just improv based upon prompts. There's a structure. There's a story. There's an, there's an arc. And I think that's what makes this um, this very unique. I can't think of anything quite like it that's been produced well, before. Thank you. Appreciate it. We yeah, we, we wanted to take some some of the things that we loved and, and put them together in a in a new way, specifically for for audio. And you know, we knew we had the the, the talent and the and the idea to make it happen. So yeah, I, we hope that this is um, you know this is sort of the template for for more things to come. You know, as this. We're, we're, I think, just beginning to explore, you know, what's what what can be done in in audio. It, it truly is the beginning of a of a renaissance. And I love your fair city. Oh, you love Portland. Oh, absolutely. Oh, have you spent much time here? Um, yes. I well, I, I was able to come up for the comedy festival. Um, oh, which one was that? Bridgetown. For Bridgetown, yeah, and had oh, just really? a blast. Yeah, that was that was a little while back, but uh, absolutely fell in love with the with the city as a result, and have had dear friends live there. My brother um, has lived there for for a bit, so um, yeah, it's just a, a, a lovely town, and uh, I just it's amazing the talent that you you have coming through there, and just just a wonderful center for um, for the arts. Now, I'm just going to wrap it up here. I'm going to ask you a very silly question. Please. Um, I understand you're a pinball wizard. Oh, well, I'd say more of an apprentice, but I, I, do, uh, I do enjoy playing the, the, the silver ball. It's, um, you know, as someone who loves to play video games but doesn't have a lot of time, uh, an average game of pinball takes just a few minutes. Um, more if you're better at it. But um, it, for me, it's just a great way with a lot going on to very quickly zone in and and have a lot of fun um with just something that's right in front of me and right it, it's a, it's a the simplicity of it's just beautiful yeah in this day and age and, 
and complexity all together. It's it's just you can get in the zone, and it's it's a beautiful thing when it all comes together. Right, and finally, uh, you I saw a picture of you at the Audi Awards in a very nice tux. Um, you were winning an award. You were nominated for an award. I, I... Oh yes, that was that was incredible. That was um, part, that's you know a ridic- and part of what inspired Stinker Let's Loose of all things, um, you know, which is a, a, a very lowbrow um, thing, was this very highbrow um, book. But Kelly Gilday at Penguin Random House worked with the great George Saunders um, to adapt his book to um, to audio, uh, Lincoln and the Bardo. Um, and got this wonderful cast. Um, David Sedaris, George, and Nick Offerman played the leads, but they got dozens and dozens of folks to um, play all the different roles in this in this multicast audio. And I was fortunate enough to be included in that cast, and, and we won an award um, just this last. Uh, we won Audiobook of the Year for for this last um, May at the Audis in New York. Um, but truly, um, that uh, that inspired um, you know a lot of the projects that um, that I has gone on to, to create or, or co-create. Um, it's just a wonderful book. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric. This was a great to connect with you. One of my favorite books, well, if you can call it a book, Bad Reception, <laughs> an Audible exclusive. It's just wonderful work. I appreciate it. Thank, and thank you. you for creating it. <laughs> okay. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thanks for chatting. Today's show was produced and edited by Gregory Day. That's me. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can reach me at greg at pdxpodcast.com. We'll be back very shortly. See you then. You know, I was uh, just watching your reel. I saw your clip with Kevin Smith. What's that Um, from? You know, I actually, I directed a couple of years ago. uh, It was a, I don't know if you ever watched Batman, the animated series. Right. Uh, Yes, a little bit. Yes. Yeah, well, so there was this, you know, 90s Batman cartoon, and I was able to direct a commercial for DC Comics for some action figures, kind of a retro parody of, like, those old action figure commercials. And kind of the tag at the end was, you know, Kevin Smith and uh, Paul Dini, this guy who created Harley (laughs) Quinn, were, like, playing with the figures, and they were for adults, not kids, but I got to, you know, also be in it. So that was fun. Boy, I remember his action figure. <laughs> of Kevin Smith? Yes. I think he had a black and white one, too. Oh, yeah. Right. Sure. It's fantastic. A lot of James Bob stuff. <laughs>